This is the House Church Podcast, and I'm your host, Jackie. The goal of this podcast is to be an encouragement to and resource for you as you discover what House Church is. This podcast will journey alongside me as I plan a House Church network in Ontario, Canada. I want this to be an encouragement to you as you really explore what it means to be a part of a house church. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And fair warning, this is real life. I have a bunch of kids and a bunch of pets, and I'm sure you're going to hear them from time to time. So I'm excited to share my life and journey with you. Well, hello there. I am so excited for you to come and chat with me today and listen to the things that God has laid on my heart. I am in the process of making some breakfast for my kids um, and my husband too, (laughs) but I wanted to just share with you just some of the things that um, people have been asking and and following up with and just some things on my heart. So we're going to talk today about what is house church? What does it look like? Um, a big question I've gotten is, what the heck do we do with the kids, right? And that's such a good, good question. And I want to talk about that a bit today. But I also want to talk about why house church? What's the point? What, is it, what does it look like? Um, you know, is this just church at home? Is there more to it than that? Kind of what's... What, what's it all about? Because a lot of people have heard of house churches based on what I've been, the feedback I've been getting. It's not that people haven't heard of house churches. It's that they just don't quite understand, well, why? Why would you not meet, you know, in a big church building? Why would you choose to meet at home when you could, you know, have a big program in place for the kids and for you and all this stuff? And so I want to kind of break it down and talk about that today. And so I hope you're excited. I hope you're ready because I'm ready. And again, you know what? We've talked about this before. This podcast is real life. I do not have an hour right now in the busy time season that I'm in to sit down and do a podcast uninterrupted. So here we go. I'm excited you're here and just realize that... Life is real and it's messy and you know what? I've decided that this is the life that God's given me given me, and so I'm going to just fully embrace that, not try to hide that. I've got a kid on my back <laughs> in the carrier and um, who decided to wake up way too early this morning. I'm going to talk to her about that. And um, yeah, so let's just get started. I'm so excited and yeah, let's... Let's pray. Yeah, you want to pray with me? Lord God, we thank you so much for today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the homes that you've given us. We thank you for the fact that we don't need something special to do ministry. Just your call, just your Holy Spirit, just your giftings. We rely on you. We choose obedience and we choose faith and we choose walking in you today. I just pray, Lord, that as people listen to this podcast, that you just open their hearts and their minds to the things that you have for them, Lord Jesus. And we just pray right now that you would continue to call and equip 
those who you have designed and destined to be pastors and and prophets and apostles and all the other ministries that you have out there, Lord. We just pray. We pray for house churches all over the world. We pray for the persecuted church who is dealing with a lot of stuff right now, Lord God. We pray. And we thank you, Lord, for our freedoms that we have here. I'm in Canada, but the freedoms we have here to just be able to read our Bibles and to be public about our faith. We thank you, Jesus. And say amen. Amen and amen. As I'm over here preparing breakfast for my large family, I don't know, it's six people. I don't know if you consider that large or not, but I consider that a bit large. I am reminded of just God's provision and how he, he cares about the little things. Um, what a, I really wish we had chickens, but we can't because we live um, in a city, not like a big city, but like the suburbs. And so it says absolutely nothing. Well, actually it does. It is connected. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I really wish we had, like I said, we're chickens. And unfortunately we can't because of where we live. But we have a neighbor, this lovely neighbor, who decided to give us chicken eggs. She just randomly messaged me, or well, came over to my house, and she was like, Hi, a co-worker of mine has chickens and gives me so many chicken eggs, I can't eat them all. So we get a dozen or a dozen and a half, like free-range, fresh, not even washed yet, chicken eggs every like week or two. And it's just been this beautiful just gift from God. He knows our hearts. And you know, when I stepped down from my position at the church, it was, to be honest, quite scary. Um, it's more scary to not be obedient to God, so I didn't really feel like I had a choice. But knowing that I was going from a salaried position to possibly not providing the financial support that I was used to for my family was scary. And it was shortly after that, that this girl, our neighbor started bringing us eggs and she had no idea, like no idea that I had wanted them or anything. But, um, and then a week after that, our neighbor across the street started bringing us fresh vegetables from his garden. Now we have a garden, not doing that well this year, but it was just this beautiful reminder that God provides in really unique and interesting ways. And it also reminded me the importance, she's falling asleep. It reminded me of the importance of what we're doing. You know, we truly want to be a community and God has given us a community right where we are. We don't need to go and look for it. We have one. It's just, are we taking advantage of it? Not advantage in a bad way, but like, are we fully embracing the community that he has put us in? And that's what the house church is all about. It's about connecting with your local church community. And all these people in my community, my, my neighborhood are not Christian, but that's kind of the point, right? I don't want people coming to our house church from churches. I want to reach people that the churches or the conventional churches are not currently reaching. And so 
you know, it just really was an inspiration to me and a reminder that number one, God provides always. Number two, that we have a community and the community is supposed to provide for one another. So I am super excited for what God is doing. <laughs> Joanna and what, what he, you know, what he's doing and what he's done and what he plans to do. So I guess the question now is, well, what, what is a house church and why? Yeah. What and why and how and you know, just the different types of things <laughs> that people can be asking. And so church, it's about looking at church in a different light. Church is not a meeting. It's not a program. It's truly a way of life. If you call yourself a Christian, well, then you are the church, right? You might not go to church. You might not do quote unquote church but you are the church it's a way of life right in the old testament or sorry the new testament they called it the way right there that, that was the way that you know that we used to god shows us the truth and this is the way the way to live so when we start to think about house churches one of our goals is to keep it small and that's intentional once you start getting into a big atmosphere, well, first of all, I mean, how many people can fit in a house? You know, I mean, more than you think, but you know, you're thinking 20, 30 people, 40 on, <laughs> depending on the size of your house, but that's a bit much for house church. I mean, our goal is to have 20, 30 max. I'm not sure how we're counting kids yet because I mean, I'm a family of six, so you add another family of six, and that's you know nearly a full house church, and that's not quite what we want. We would like more than two families, so we're not sure how we're counting kids. Honestly, a lot of everything that I will talk about is still up in the air. Why? Well, because this is God's church, and he's planning it, and I'm just along for the ride. I'm doing my very best to plan and be a good steward of my time and the resources that he's given me. And so I will plan, but I also am holding my plans with an open hand. So God can come in at any point and change or adjust those plans as he sees fit. So 20 people, 30 people, maybe be a, would be a good maximum amount of people for an organic house church, organic church, micro church, small church, it goes by many names, but I like house church just because I really like the sound of it. I like the feel of it. I like how, what it makes me think of when I hear the term. And a lot of what I'm feeling is very organic. Too much structure, you know, tends to choke out <laughs> the organism of the church. We need to allow there to be space for God to step in, for to do his thing, for, you know, us to just leave room for God to do what he's wanting to do in and through the church. So planning enough, but then also leaving enough room open for God to show up in the incredible ways that he wants to show up in and through 
house church and the community. House church is about doing life together. It's about truly coming alongside one another and not just getting to know each other on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You're so loud today. But truly about doing life together. Um, think about the best church experience that you've ever had. And for most of us, it, maybe it was a big event or something like that. But for a lot of us, for most people I talk to, it's small groups. It's those small groups, whatever you call them. A lot of churches call them life groups or whatever. And for a lot of people, it's these groups that meet together that, again, you do life together. You're sharing the intimate details of your life. You can't meet in a small group and not be vulnerable over time and not share life together and not be able to hold each other accountable. Like that's like holding each other accountable, um, being able to confess how things have gone wrong in our lives and the choices that we've made and, and get access to people who are going to come alongside us and not shame us, but love us and give us accountability. And, and now you take that experience and, and that's, that's house church all the time right it's doing life together it's it's meeting together every single week it's meeting together as a small group that meets in a house but then also I'm not just doing a house church God has called me to plant house church network and so what that looks like is that this network actually multiplies so I don't know if it's gonna be six nine twelve months whatever the goal is at least once a year, the house church multiplies into two house churches. And that's not its own thing. We are all one network, working together and connecting together and serving together. So as we meet together, we're multiplying, right? It's, it's an intentional multiplication of what's happening. There's mentorship. There's intentional mentorship, intentional multiplication, intentional discipleship. Right? The idea is that each church has a leader or a couple that leads. And this couple is mentored. And they are mentoring. Right? It's this whole discipleship model and mentorship model that is truly lovely and truly God-breathed. And it obviously doesn't have to be a couple. It could be one person. It could be two friends. Um, there are many different ways that this can happen. There isn't a clear cut. This is how it has to be. Because what God needs the church to do is going to change depending on the context in which the church is in. And so we have to think about that and remember that as we're, you know, kind of pushing back against, against the idea of, of what is church. I'm almost like de-churching myself in a sense, not in a bad way, but in a good way. Um, really looking at what is biblical versus what is traditional versus what is just something we do because of our culture or denomination. Is that important? Is it not? Does it add to what God is doing in the church? Does it edify the body of believers, or does it take away or distract from God's true mission in the church? There's a lot of things to think about. 
a lot. And as I said last time, there's, I have zero issues with traditional conventional church, but God has called me to something different. So anything that I say is not an affront or an attack to the traditional or conventional church. I am a firm believer that it is an amazing expression of the church and there are multiple expressions of the church. And so house church is just one of those. And so this podcast that we're talking about today is the, the what and why of house church. What is it? Why do we do it? And I kind of talked about why a bit last time. And now we're talking about the what. The goal is to meet together in small house churches, or I guess they'd be like small groups and we're all one big church. I, I don't know. However you want to really sort it in your mind, like that's, that's okay. Um, there's really different ways that you can kind of process it, but I know a lot of people will be like, you know, instead of a church with small groups, we're small groups that form one big church is kind of one way to describe it. But the point is that we are a network. It's not a bunch of individual churches that are completely disconnected from one another. It's, I would be intentionally leading the leaders of each house church. I would be intentionally visiting the house churches. I would be intentionally mentoring and discipling the leaders. Um, and the leaders will be intentionally mentoring and discipling other up and coming leaders. So it's again, this model, there would be a constant report of, of spiritual progress and needs. As I meet with my house church leaders, there would be constant communication. So there would be an, like, there has to be accountability, right? And we are under the umbrella of the Nazarene church. We have their full blessing and yeah, I've been given the, the green light to just really experiment and to figure this out. And, um, the denomination up here has really come alongside me to say, Hey Jackie, what do you need? How can we help you? How can we figure this out together? Um, and I mean that in, in and of itself is a blessing and confirmation that God has really put this in my mind and in my heart. A house church is a way of living Christian life communal, communally um, in ordinary homes through supernatural power. It's about really digging deep into our relationship with God. It's about walking deeply, walking intentionally with him and relying on the Holy Spirit to show up, right? God hears us. God knows what we need and he shows up. The beautiful thing about house church is it's like a spiritual extended family. It's relational, it's spontaneous, it's organic. A church meeting, a house church meeting will look more like a family, you know, gathering, a family reunion or like a kid's birthday party than it would necessarily look like church. There is a different atmosphere about it. One of the things that we are going to do is, is we are going to meet and we are going to eat together. Our meetings will always coincide with eating. Uh, eating is a great way to just help people break down the barriers, to put down their walls. Everybody loves food. 
obviously we need to make sure we're being aware of people's allergies and and intolerances and all of that. I'm one of those people that have like 87 things I can't eat. Not really, but gluten-free, dairy-free, etc., etc. It makes for a hard time, but I'm learning that I can let people know and I'm not a burden for for my food intolerances and preferences and that's okay. And we need to be aware of that too when we meet together. Just to be aware that people have different things going on in their life. So meetings, so we meet and we eat together. Church is about, yeah, so we'll meet and eat together. And then after that, we will, I mean, discussion happens the whole time, right? Talking about our week and, you know, just those catching up type things. And then we move into, you know, that time of, of worship, uh, hopefully with music. I don't know if it's going to be like in-person music. I'm not musical, so it's definitely not going to be me. <laughs> um, I can sing when I need to, but definitely not the type to play an instrument at this point in my life. Then we will, so we'll do worship and then we'll turn into either a sermon type message with discussion follow-up or we will allow for people to share what God has been placing on their hearts. If other people have a word that they would like to share, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go. Every week it's not going to be, this is what you need to expect because we want the Holy Spirit to move and work, right? We want God to just be there and to show up and we have to leave room for that. We have to leave room for a bit of flexibility. So it's like a loose schedule. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, and then we're going to have a discussion. So response time. And so it's not a monologue. So you normally you go to traditional church and it's the pastor comes up and preaches for 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then you say, good job, pastor on your way out. Great word. Good job. You know it, but it's truly this time Instead of a monologue, it's a dialogue. There's this time of digesting and processing and talking about it, right? Because we're supposed to grapple with the word, right? We shouldn't just like hear it and go, okay, great, check mark and move on. Like it's something that we really should be, you know, just working out with fear and trembling, the word of God. Like it is a big, holy, amazing thing. And if God is, is, is using a pastor or someone in our, in our church to share his word, or word for us, we need to really grasp that and we need to really test it and make sure it's true. And, you know, and how do I actually live that out in my life? And so it's this time of really pushing back and kind of figuring out where that fits in our life. And that's like, that's one of the things I love about small group is that discussion. And so you are able to have that within your church community. We will have a time of prayer every week. Um, I'm hoping for like laying on hands, like let's really pray, let's pray for the world, let's pray for, you know, each other, let's really, really go to God, thank him for his abundant grace and his abundant provision, but then also laying our, our requests at his feet and saying, please God, this is, this is, this is where our hearts are, please hear, hear our cries, right? Have mercy on us. And then we'll do the Lord's Supper. We'll do the communion where we drink the, 
the grape juice and do the bread. I don't know if we're going to do that every week or if we're just going to do that in our big celebrations. That's the other thing. So we'll meet each week in our house church community. And then we will meet periodically as an entire church celebration. Like it'll be more like your traditional church celebration. Now some churches, some house church networks do that once a month. Some do that, you know, four times a year. I'm not sure where we're going to land yet, but we're going to land somewhere and it's going to be awesome. And it might change as we grow and evolve. See, this is the thing is I am stepping forward in faith. And the plan is not set in stone. And so some people might not like that. They might say it's irresponsible, but I don't feel like it is. I have complete peace moving forward and just kind of rolling with it as it comes and listening to God develop his plan for his church. I am praying. I have other people who are coming alongside me and praying. I have asked people to be a part of the leadership team for this church. Like this isn't the Jackie show. Okay, so I don't want you thinking that there is a plan and there is there are things happening. I'm working on a ministry plan to present to our district. I'm working on, you know, the vision and the mission for our church. We are working on these things. We are praying about them. We're working on the vision and the values and all these things. And so that's really important. So back to house church. Yeah, so it's it's meeting together and eating. It's about teaching obedience Right. So there might not necessarily be a formal sermon, but a short talk or illustration followed up with that discussion time. The idea is that the learning is communal and it's a dialogue and working out of faith together. And our goal is that disciple people to have disciples who go and disciple, which we've talked about a few times. We are going to have a community and environment that shares. We're going to share our material goods, our spiritual goods. You know, words from God, hymns, etc. Um, you know, I want to have uh, when the money comes in because we are called to to tithe and to give offering, right? God has made that clear. Like we have to give to Him first. Like our money needs to be released and and given to Him. All well, all of it is His, right? But we need to be supporting our local ministry, our local ministry leaders. And so when the funds come in, the goal is to have them go out into our community, like the broad community and support organizations or things happening in the broad community. But also if there is a need within our church community, we will have a team in charge of that to decide, you know, where the common funds would go to help with that. There's going to be prayer. Um, prayer is absolutely the heartbeat of, of our relationship with God. It's the heartbeat of ministry. As a community, we will pray about things to God. We'll be open to God, um, speaking through words, visions, dreams. Like he shows up when we're ready. And helping each other live transparent lives, right? So sin, uh, confessing sin and holding each other accountable, which we've talked about already, which is good. Good. Talked about a lot of my notes already, which is really, really good. Within the ministry, we should be looking, there's, um, so in the Bible, it talks about the fivefold ministry. So there's the office of pastor, prophet, apostle, teacher, and evangelist. So our goal is to try to identify these gifts in people. There's more gifts beyond that, but these are the offices that the Bible talks about. The thing is that a lot of times in 
in a traditional church, the pastor um, is, it's unintentional, but supposed to kind of be all of these things. And that's not actually true. That's not actually the goal. That's not what God had designed for us. But we need to think about these things as we're walking forward into what a house church is and what the house church pastor and leader is supposed to look like. Because I can't be a teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle, and pastor. It's just not possible. Um, and that's why I think we have a lot of church, church leaders that get burnt out. Because there's so much expectation on the lead pastor for what they're supposed to be doing. I love this quote. I don't remember where I read it. I'm sorry about that. It may have been in my house church book. Uh, there's a house church book by Wolfgang Simpson. It's literally called the house church book and it's fantastic. I would highly recommend it for anyone who wants to know more. He talks about all the things that I'm talking about. So a lot of my ideas are not my ideas because <laughs> there's somebody else's and that's okay. So he says, um, I'm pretty sure this is from his book. People are the resources. Jesus is the program. Fellowship is the reason. Multiplication is the outcome. Discipling the neighborhood is the goal, right? I just I absolutely love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I've been doing a lot of, of digging and figuring out what this looks like. And a lot of the house church resources are pretty much the same as what we just discussed. Some house churches will be in a coffee shop. Some will be, you know, at a college campus. It's, it's going to be a lot of different things. Like it can look like anything, maybe, you know, you want to start one in your office one day a week at lunchtime and you work in an office building. Um, maybe you have a group of, you know, moms or something that you meet with every week and you want to create a house church there. Like that's valid. That's real, right? God has put you where you are for a reason. And so I think it's really important to just just remember that. Remember that. Remember that. Another book that I read said this, um, a goal for, for the church that I was, I read in this book. It says, I will lead a growing group of friends who will give themselves away for the sake of the kingdom of God. And I just, I love that. I love that. I love that. I want to share some other quotes. It's from a book called Venal Dogmata. And it's, um, it's really good. It's a short book. It's really good. It's about, it's a fictional book about the church of the future and what it's going to look like and about the ecclesia, which is gathering. Um, we exist for ourselves or we exist for our King's mission. There is no middle ground. I just love that. I love that. Oh man. We could continue to pretend to be Jesus's church and in the comfort of our own sanctuary, amuse ourselves into oblivion, or we could actually become Jesus's church and courageously bring the gospel to a city where it's so desperately needed. Ouch. <laughs> um, I just, I just, wow. It's such a good book. So if you ever have a chance to read it, there's a lot there's a lot more too, but it's, it's a really good book. It's really important um, to just constantly reading and looking and going back to the book of Acts and the first early churches that we, that we can look at and see what they're doing and figure it out 
um, and kind of just work through the process of what is church and what that looks like. So back to the question of what do we do with the kids? Because I know everybody's probably wondering, how does that look? And truthfully, they are the church. So why would they not be a part of the church? Right? They Are they messy? Are they loud? Absolutely. Are they a distraction? Yeah, sometimes. And each house church is going to look different, right? Maybe you have a group of really, really high energy kids like mine. Well, maybe they'll be in and out. Maybe they'll be jumping on the trampoline. Maybe they'll be downstairs in the basement. Maybe, you know, but the point is that they are welcome to be a part of the church service. They are part of the family of Christ. Right? Jesus made it clear, like, let the children come to me. Okay. He didn't say, go sit over there. Um, you're not old enough for this stuff. No, like the Holy Spirit that our children have is the same Holy Spirit as us. They do not have a junior Holy Spirit. They can have dreams and visions and words. God has called them and, and anointed them to do what they are supposed to do. Their mission doesn't start when they become 18 or 30. Their mission starts right now. And their mission field is their friends, the playground, if they go to school. I, I, I don't know if you have kids, but my kids have grown me more than anything else in my entire life. They have helped me grow in the fruit of the spirit because I've had no other choice. <laughs> they have shown me my areas of weakness, the things I needed to be healed from. So they will be a part of our church. And again, this might change as we develop. Maybe it will be too much and, you know, but they will learn that there are times to be loud and there are times to be quiet. There are times to celebrate and there are time, there's times to mourn, right? And they will understand that kids are perceptive. I do Bible study every single week with my four children. Do they distract me? Yeah, but I'm a mom first. Absolutely first. God has given me these children. Do they interrupt me when I'm praying? Yes, they do. And we're working on that. So the thing is, is we need to be willing to be flexible when we step into a house church because it's going to be real and messy and there's pets and there's kids. And that's just what we see. That's just the mess we see. The mess we don't see is what's lurking beneath all of us. The mess that we need to work through together. So, gosh, I hope that helps you. You know, another thing we might do is maybe we'll do like a midweek meeting for children. And we'll have like a children's quote unquote ministry um, that meets weekly. Maybe we'll have a young adult group that meets weekly. Like all, like the, not just the small, the one small house church, but maybe the house church community the kids will get together, the house church, like the network, the whole network, the youth and the young adults will get together. Maybe we'll partner with another church for midweek programs. Um, there are so many opportunities and it really depends on who shows up. It depends on who shows up and what you need. And that's the same with any church. You know, there are times where you have a bunch of, you know, first through fourth graders, you know, and so you have to make sure your ministry is set up for that. And then as they get older, you might not have as many kids that age. So you have to change the way that your ministry is set up, right? So I think it's important to always be working and growing. 
Um, so hopefully I, I answered some questions. Um, I set up an email address, Pastor Jackie S, S is the first letter of my last name, at gmail.com. So PastorJackieS at gmail.com. Um, so I have that set up. And yeah, I just wanted to also talk about the fact that this is my, this church plan is my first priority right now. I mean, my kids, but you know, I have a lot of other things going on as well. Um, in terms of just how I'm busy and like other ministries, I run an online Christian community and that's really important to me as well. And I have some other things that, that I'm working on and working through and you know, a lot of people are really excited for some of the other things that I'm doing, but this house church plant is where my heart is. This is where God has called me to. And gosh, I just, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. And I'm so excited. And I, I want to start yesterday, honestly, but I am taking it slow because I want to make sure when we start, it's done well, and it's done with prayer and I am refreshed, and my family is ready for all of this. So um, thanks for, for listening to me today, and um, we've already prayed, so <laughs> I think we're good to go. Um, I do pray that you have a good week. Please email me or contact me if you have questions or just want to know anything else. Um, one of my Part of my calling, I feel, is to help mentor other church leaders to do the things that not that I'm doing, but to step into this alternative church model, this unconventional church, to truly reach believers that aren't being, well, to reach unbelievers that aren't being reached, right? So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a fantastic day. God bless.